0: Welcome to the Future Christian Podcast, your source for insights and ideas on how to lead your church into the 21st century. At the Future Christian Podcast, we talk to pastors, authors, and other faith leaders for helpful advice and practical wisdom to help you and your community of faith walk boldly into the future. Now, here's your host, Lauren Richmond Jr. Welcome to the Future Christian Podcast.
1: This is Lauren Richmond, and today I'm welcoming Allie Henney to the show. Allie is a writer, speaker, advocate, minister, and vice president of The Witness, a black Christian collective, an organization committed to encouraging, engaging, and empowering black Christians toward liberation from racism. She completed her MDiv from Fuller Seminary with an emphasis in race, cultural identity, and reconciliation, and she hopes to lead a church someday. Allie has been leading conversations about race on her social media and blog, The Armchair Commentary, since 2014, and her posts reach millions each month. She's also a proud Chicago Southsider. All right, welcome to the show, Allie Henney. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, thanks for being here. Anything else you'd like our listeners to know about you?
2: um let me think no not not really I think that my but my bio pretty well covers it I feel like I'm a pretty um boring person like I don't have anything that I'm like oh yeah this is look at this really cool thing that I can humble brag about mm-hmm. like it just it's like you know what you what you see is what you get so my bio I feel like covers it pretty well I'm trying like you know sometimes like more people ask this like I try to think like is there anything that's that's like special or fun or intriguing about me that you normally wouldn't include in a in a bio like that, and of course my dog I forgot that she that my dog was out yeah my do- so I guess that, that that's something that's interesting you hear yeah barking in the background
1: well, for our listeners, we may have dogs and kids um uh, jumping in on this podcast so we'll see how it goes.
2: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I guess here. that that that's something is that I have I have a dog. I have a, a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel named Bella, and she's two years old. I'm not really sure why she's barking right now. Maybe it's just because I'm talking. I'm not really sure what is what is going on with her. Um, but she's a really good dog, like a really, really good dog. And she's such a good dog, in fact, that I know like she was barking a moment ago. Um, but she's such a good dog that there are times when I forget, not that she exists completely, but it's just like, Oh, like you know, she's so like I've had dogs that's like oh the dog is quiet. Oh my gosh, what are Mm -hmm, they like? mm -hmm. What are they getting into? But with Bella, like it's usually just oh she's probably asleep somewhere in the house, and so my husband and I have this running joke that there's that one of these days. We're going to go to bed and be asleep and hear the dog scratching at our door and like completely freak out because we forgot to put her in her crate because she just mm-hmm. kind of she's she's so chill. She's such a, a calm and chill dog and she just kind of walks around and does her thing and in, in is very minimal trouble. And I guess maybe that's the thing that's interesting about me is that I is that I have a dog and my dog is is very good and she's she's the goodest girl and I really enjoy her.
1: Well, that's great. I have two dogs. Neither of them are that well-behaved, so I'm glad there are some dog fans here. Um, As much as we could make this a dog podcast, I I should, I suppose, move on um, rather than complain about my dogs. But uh, share, if you don't mind, kind of about your faith journey, what that looked like in the past and what that looks like today.
2: So yeah, in the past, um, you know, faith has always been something that has been a part of my life. I don't really remember a time where like I didn't believe like there I, I didn't have a moment where it was like oh I, I don't believe and now I do faith was something that was just always integral to my life to the to the life of my family now that didn't mean that my family that we always attended church because that that wasn't always the case we we weren't always in church but mm-hmm. we but my my mom my my grandma my aunties every in of my family definitely are what people would consider you know, God fearing people, and um, people people of prayer, people of a deep abiding faith in Jesus, and so that was always. Um, part of my life and part of my framework uh, growing up, and then as I became a teenager and a young adult, um, I've started to discover faith for myself in a way, in a, in a deeper way, and that led me on the path uh, to being in full time ministry. And so, I, I grew up in a um, black. It was a it was a Baptist church. It was a, a church in my hometown that. That was founded by the enslaved people that uh, hmm. that lived, used to live there, and then um, or the formerly enslaved people that used to live there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, whenever I was in middle school, uh, my mom and stepdad and I started attending a Pentecostal church in a, in a neighboring town, and so then I stayed with Pentecostalism. Um, through middle school, high school, uh, my young adult years and in college and everything. And it wasn't until, oh gosh, I guess this would have been early in 2019 that I started to, um, explore more in a in a more deeper kind of concerted way um the the episcopal or the, the anglican um tradition but even <laughs> my journey with that um started um in 2017 um i guess it would have been so just right before i had entered i entered seminary um i just you know was very um I don't want to say disenchanted. That's not, that's not the word, mm-hmm. but you know, I I had been involved in some different, uh, kind of, you know, non-denominational Pentecostal charismatic churches or ch- Pentecostal charismatic churches kind of with that heritage, but we're kind of, you know, trying to be more kind of mass appeal, non-denominational, mm-hmm. blah, blah, right. blah. And so there was an aspect of, um, where, although, that expression was and still is very important uh to my faith. The Pentecostal experience is still is still very important to my faith. um I just kind of felt like you know this I feel kind of the way that I described it back then was I kind of just you know kind of feel unmoored like it just i kind of feel like um. You know, I have this faith, and there are things that I that I care about, and mm-hmm. there are some res- resources in my tradition that um, that I can pull on, that um, that are helping me and 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 growing me and building me in my faith journey. Yet at the same time, I kind of feel like that being part of church. Certainly, like I started feeling in some ways like I like I was feeding a, a machine, and in particular, whenever my family um, connected or reconnected, even to uh, the church that we attended, that my my uh, partner and I that we attended in college, um, where you know it was it was a very you know you know non-denom um, mm-hmm. kind of you know Pentecostal but not like really like Pentecostal but like we're like Pentecostal in the sense of like you know we're gonna have like extended times of worship and music that we want for people to kind of have good feelings whenever they listen to and kind of have you know something like touchy feely kind of thing with it but not Pentecostal in the sense of anything that people would maybe um, that that wouldn't be that wouldn't have a mass appeal Sure. and so I just you know started to feel like I after a while, like, you know, this this kind of, you know, mini mega, mega church wannabe and, you know, no shit no tea, no shade on anybody if that's if that's your vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but it just kind of started that this mini mega, you know, mega church wannabe kind of vibe. I it just it just felt like it was feeding a machine. It felt like there was just a lot of kind of You know, false hype. It just sort of felt like, you know, it's like, every every Sunday is going to, it's the best Sunday ever. This is going to be the best Sunday ever. And oh, you you don't want to miss and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, and, and there got to be an aspect where I was just kind of like, why why are we here? Like hmm. what like what is what is this? What are the things that ground us? And that all kind of, you know, came to a head. And I, I was a seminary student at this point. And um I worked in the ministry that I served in at the church. Um of course you know, I wasn't a staff member at this point. I was just a, a regular regular person mm-hmm. um volunteering in in the church. And I was in charge of uh, leading one aspect of a ministry that helped um, kind of integrate people into the church, and then um, get and and really it was a way to kind of be able to like curry and like pull volunteers and stuff for the church. And so there was somebody that I encountered in that that you as in order to do that, like you had to you had to sign a f- statement of faith or whatever at the at the end of the thing. And so the person was just kind of you know uh, she was sort of like you know here's a statement of faith and so a lot of people you know they would just they would just sign it like and and the, the statement of faith was basically like the apostles creed so you know right. a lot of people would just like sign it yeah. and go on about their business well this person was just like I don't even know what any of this means and so I was like bro okay you don't know what any of this means and so she was like well you know, I'm not really comfortable like signing this because I'm not sure if I believe any of these things. And so I was like, you know, okay, yeah, r- respect. Like, you know, I'm I'm glad that you didn't sign this. Like I'm glad that you weren't just like, you know, hopping on the like I've got to serve in the church so I can have friends and and, you know, be part of the whole thing. Like, you know, that that's that's cool. But then I realized like the church doesn't have it, there was no mechanism at that time, and I and I think that maybe you know they've changed some things now, but there wasn't any mechanism at that time, uh, for that person to really even explore any of that. And this is just yeah. like this is this is the Apostles' Creed. This is like you know the basic you know thing that even if everybody even if you don't say it in church every week, these are just kind of like the basic things that we have historically believed, um, in some shape, form, or fashion as christians for you know the last like you know 1600 years Mm -hmm. um and so it's like so it's like bro like we like we we we're just we're doing all this but we but we but like people don't know the basics and it's like and i know that 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 woman wasn't the only person yeah um who had been through the course who had just signed the thing so anyway so that just kind of you know led to this whole thing where then I just, I started, I just, there, there, there's so many more stories that I could tell, but it just kind of, um, led me into some exploration and some soul searching. And so, um, through that exploration and soul searching, I was able to, um, find the Episcopal Church. And there was more that, that happened. There were some, there were yeah. some events and things that, that happened, um, that I, that was where I was already headed to. And that was kind of where my trajectory was all was already going but there were some things that um expedited that trajectory uh-huh. and so you know now that that's that's where i am and that's and that's kind of what what my faith looks like now and i'm and, you know i'm still in i'm still you know in process of and i at mean, this like all of a sudden you know hey i arrived in a new denomination all of a hmm. sudden i have all of the answers yeah absolutely not you know seminary being part of my journey like whatever you know being a theologian and stuff now Um, it's definitely, you know, theological inquiry. Um, you know, I left seminary with like a lot of, uh, a lot more questions, um, than what I, uh, came, when I came in with, which of course, you know, I feel like if you did seminary right, then that, then that usually is, is what happened. But yeah, yeah, so, you know, but, but I still have, you know, deep, deep faith, um, in, in Jesus and yeah, that, and so that's kind of, kind of where, where I've been and kind of where I'm at right now.
1: So I'm I'm curious, you know, it's a bit cliche, perhaps at this point, at least in my mind, maybe, of deconstructing or reconstructing kind of evangelicals or folks finding a, a home in the Episcopal Church. And I'm just kind of curious, like even something, or even someone as a big a name as like Rachel Held Evans, or a few people I have known. What do you think it is about like the Episcopal Church, kind of their version of Christianity that it, that is appealing i'm curious
2: you know that's a that's a great question um i can't necessarily speak for for everyone's experience but i think that um for me um as someone you know i i would not consider myself um an ex-evangelical you know it's kind of pentecostals are kind of like technically you know now well technically they've always been evangelical um now like since the 2016 election there's been a lot of um a lot of consolidation, kind of in right. with, with in terms of like church politics and stuff. There's been some consolidation. Mm-hmm. But Pentecostals have have never really self-identified um, as evangelical, um, even though like the Assemblies of God, which is like the largest Pentecostal denomination in the United States, um, was a founding member of the NEA of the National Evangelical Association. Um, just Pentecostals just typically just have have not ever really um, identified with evangelicalism and so then myself also being being a product of uh, the black church um i i just i just that that hasn't really ever been um my my personal um it, that my personal like way of looking at it but i definitely would say um that i have been evangel that, uh, that i have been evangelical adjacent and spent some some times some time um in evangelical adjacent christianity and so there's there's a lot of a lot of a lot of similarities and stuff there and so um, i think that for me it was um, the fact that the Episcopal Church um, in general kind of feels like a big tent and it's not that the Episcopal Church doesn't have um, beliefs or or doctrines or doesn't doesn't have certain um, ways that they think about um, ways that that we think about and do things um, but there's also room for people. There, there's room for for um, for fellowship and connection and stuff across, across difference. And so, um, you know, there are some people that talk about, um, you know, the broader Anglican tradition kind of being what some people might call like a, like a, like a via media, um, via media, um, kind of a middle way um, between all of these sort of different traditions. So between, you know, Catholicism, between the more kind of reformed branch, between um, orthodoxy, um, between the, the charismatic movement, it kind of, the, the, <laughs> the um the the tradition kind of sees itself as a middle way and there might be some people that kind of um fall in different places within within that within some of those those spectrums or whatever um and so yeah, so you know in, in the Episcopal Church, you know all baptized believers can receive communion and so um it's not there, there's not necessarily um the litmus test or at least in my experience, there's not the the litmus tests um because you might you know, have a bunch of people um together and people might see things in the scripture uh differently they might see things as it relates to tradition or 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 things like that we we might see those things differently but we're all able to kind of to kind of come together and worship together and so i think that um coming from a tradition like pentecostalism where um where there's not as much, and I think that I can generalize this um also to what I know of evangelicalism mm-hmm. um that there's that that oftentimes there's not as as wide of a berth for what you for what you can believe um or what or what is acceptable or it's sort of like you know you have to um It's not that – some places it's you have to accept everything that the church teaches. And if you don't accept it, then, like, people are going to look at you like you're sus. Um, There are some that – and and my experience has more been – in, and I'm talking in terms of like Pentecostalism. Like there are some, you know, Pentecostal sure. evangelical churches where you have to believe every single thing. They got a list of beliefs, and you got to believe yeah. everything the way that they say that you got to believe it. And if you and and there's not any room to question it because if if you question it, then then there's heresy. I've I've had the the fortune of being um, part of. Um, Part of churches that weren't necessarily that rigid, but there was still sort of like even 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 if it, if there wasn't the rigidity there was still there was still the um there were often sometimes even cultural expectations, and even sometimes like those cultural expectations I had been in churches that people that that the church's culture was different than like you know being a leader in the church is like this is what the leadership team this is what we believe this is what we think but then the people out there there's people out there that believe that believe something completely different so you know i I served in a church Mm -hmm. that um that the staff you know was all like you like i think pretty much everybody on staff was egalitarian and was like Mm -hmm. yeah you know women serving ministry whatever but then there was a whole like slew of complementarians out in out in the congregation and it's like what and sometimes so sometimes you you know there would be there would be interesting conversations and that type of thing but i think that the episcopal church sort of um you at least again in my experience in my in my limited experience with the episcopal church um i you, you don't have that and so i think it feels i think it feels good to feel like oh you know you can come into some place and you can and you can have you know jesus you can have the the stories and and different things that you're familiar with and so it feels familiar but it's also it's also different enough and there's also room to to explore and there's room to disagree mm-hmm. and there's and there's not it, it's not dogma and so i think that that's that that's why that is so appealing to so many people
1: awesome well it is it is interesting kind of just to see that dynamic and i appreciate your perspectives there it's interesting about that middle way or the big tent you describe. Um, well, let's talk about. Um, so I brought Allie onto to the show uh, just to kind of talk about you know why she has not given up church. Al is the author of uh, a new book that's out called "I Won't Shut Up: uh, Finding Your Voice When the World Tries to Silence You." So we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but I first kind of wanted just to to get your thoughts. I, I'd seen on social media a post you made. I think a couple months ago, maybe as we're recording this, something about why you hadn't given up on the church. Um, like me, I imagine you, you see many people who who have given up on the church. And I'm just kind of curious, like you post some things here, or you listed some things where there's brokenness, you see opportunities for repair. I'm kind of summarizing here, you know, where you feel the, the Spirit's presence when others think the Spirit is gone. Or um, others see or want righteous indignation you see a need for refining fire. Uh, talk about that like what uh, what kind of keeps you in it?
2: Yeah, you know that's a great question. Um, because I certainly, and I think a lot of us, um, have had. You know, I, I've been given every reason to mm-hmm. walk away, um, if not from the Christian faith, at least from the or- organized institutional church. You know, I'm a right. I'm a survivor of spiritual abuse. Um, I've seen just a lot of a lot of nonsense and experienced a lot of nonsense. And for and so, for me. I see the church as a place where the spirit is moving, and where the spirit has the potential to move, hmm. and where the spirit can move and is moving and has the potential to move, even outside of the confines of the event uh, of the institutional church. And so, I think that I that I see church. In terms of potentiality, Hmm. Um, I see that the church is something that can provide people with a sense of community. And again, yes, you can get a sense of community. Like, it's not that the church, the things that I'm saying aren't things that are like, that you, that, you know, somehow the church is just like, you know, unique and special. And it's mm-hmm. is, and this is special little snow, snowflake type of thing. But I think that, that whenever we're talking specifically around belief, um, that's, that is where, that's the church's wheelhouse. It's, it's belief, it's yeah. faith, it's yeah. spirituality. And too many times I think that churches try to be a bunch of other things. Things that they're really not, and so I think that that our our, our spirituality, our faith, um, that then motivates us to do good works in the world, and motivates us um, to be able to mobilize and that sort of thing. I'm just like you know, there, this is this is something where people can gather, where people um, can can build a sense of community, um, with one another. It's a place where people can, can deeply reflect on the matters that, on on the things that matter to them, on matters, um, that, um, are dear to their heart. And again, you know, these are all things that yes, you can you can do that at home. You mm-hmm. can do that in nature, you know, right. you can you can do that at your local bowling alley. And so I'm not necessarily, you know, trying to trying to pitch something, but what I'm trying but what I'm saying is that um this is an institution that um that that it can that it can provide things for people in a in a way that um you don't necessarily that you don't necessarily get. Um and and some and there and I think that sometimes I'll say it this way, I think that sometimes um because unfortunately the I think that, that the issue sometimes is that the church has always kind of touted itself, whether even whenever people said, "Oh, you don't know, no perfect people welcome." Right? Really, like what the church has has set itself self up as often is this place of it's like these people who are who are high and mighty and better than everybody else, yeah. and like we're the it's like you know we're the cool kids. We're the group of people who we are superior to you in some way, so we're going to try to dictate to the world how they should be. We're going to to dictate to the world how morality should be. We should, we're going to dictate to the world how education should be. We're going to dictate all these other different things to the world. And so I think that sometimes it's hard for us to imagine church that isn't that. It's yeah. hard for us to imagine church outside of um, colonialism. But whenever you know, I draw on my own um, life and experience and knowledge of my own black church tradition where the black church was a place was was it was a community center mm-hmm. it was even in you know the little small town that I that I grew up in um it was a it was a place that was a fixture in our community it was a place where we gathered I mean I had one of my wedding I had multiple wedding showers as I think a lot of people do but one of my wedding showers was at the hall of at the we they called it the the shepherd's shepherd's hall um of my local black church hmm. and so it was and and we didn't even attend that church my my fam, my, my mom you know didn't had we hadn't attended that church um in in years um but like we were still welcome to, to have an event there. I think my mom also hosted an event. Um, one, of my, one of my aunts had, had earned a degree, and she had hosted an event for, hmm. for her there. Mm-hmm. And so it is something that the church— um cuz you know you, you have we have all these buildings we have right. all these different the, right. all these different things that the church can provide resources within the community again not from a place of hey we're high and mighty and better than you mm-hmm. but the church can provide a place for people to be able to ask questions i think that the church can to, to ask spiritual questions um the church can provide a place for people to be able to gather to be able to mobilize and so i think that um where a lot of people struggle is because churches have have placed themselves as like the end all be all cure all in all above all everything and um that just that isn't that isn't it and so I don't see I think that the future of the church is not us sitting high and mighty up on our high horse, pointing down at everybody and being like, you know, looking down our noses at people and being like whatever. But it's but it's us actually being involved in our communities, using our resources, pooling our resources together. Um, so you know, in terms of, you know, you're you are a member of a church, you are giving tithes and offerings and those and those Monies are going into the work of of the the church and the work of the church not being like oh look we're going to you know buy a nice led screen and isn't this <laughs> going to be great or or oh we you know we got to we got to do some landscaping mm-hmm. and so we're going to you know spend like i mean yes you know you got to do building maintenance obviously right. but like instead of it being like oh you know yeah we raised all this money so we could buy a fancy camera and all this other type of stuff it's like no that money that money going into like like you go someplace you're pooling your money with a bunch of other people and then that and then those funds are going into the community and they're going they're going to build um, they're they're going to. Help unhoused people. Mm-hmm. It's going to feed people. It's going to meet whatever needs are existing in your community, and so that's so that's kind of what what I what I mean when it, you know whenever I whenever I say that you know I I I haven't given up on the church just because I see potential yeah in what the church can do in the world, but then also what the church can do for us as ourselves. Again, yes, you know you can go in nature, you can sit at home and have awesome prayer times or whatever or whatever it is but I think that there's something um that forces us to be um, a bit more um, intentional and reflective whenever we carve out sacred space. Yeah. And I'm being intentional in how I say that because yeah. not everybody is able, and especially you know in this pandemic era, not right. everybody is able to enter into a physical building. Um, not everybody is able to enter into, into a physical building because because of their neurotype, because of disability, because of there's so many different factors. So whenever I even whenever I say church, I don't necessarily mean you know a a big building with a steeple in your neighborhood the corner on the on the corner i think that that church looks can can look many different ways Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't you know church can be and i and i've i've been there before and i've and i've done this but church can be gathering with people in your living room yeah and and um discussing and opening up the scripture and praying and and reading and reflecting and meditating it does i I don't want us to i don't want to seem you know hung up on well it's got to be this particular way it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way church church can be some some friends gathered together again in a space, but it's but it's carving out a, a space and things that that feel sacred, right? And that and that feel and that feel holy, and so then for to me, you know, the institution of the church, then you know, de- denom- denominations and not and not all of them, um, but the function that different churches and fellowships and denominations and stuff um, can serve, I think, is recalibrating not toward empire not toward you know we're going to have we're going to have you know 15 campuses we're yeah. going to we're going to you know have a bunch of satellite campuses yeah. and the pastor's face is going to be projected you know across the uh, across the state or across the city or whatever the geographical region is and and not feeling like you know oh well we've got to you know have all these different churches and all these different things or whatever but just what are some ways that that we can get together as an institution? and again, we're pool, we're pooling resources. We're pooling spirituality. We're pooling all these things together, and we're and we're serving people. And if anything, then I mean, this isn't the best comparison in the world, but in some ways, you know, the church could be a service organization a spiritual service mm-hmm. organization for that that makes that makes a difference um in people's in people's world and so i think that we that we have to kind of think a little bit differently. And, you know, even, and that, and that might even mean, you know, kind of managing some of our, our squeamishness about certain things. And, you know, I know that not everybody is called, um, you you are called into the space in which you were called. And mm-hmm. so, right. um, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, well, if you, if you are somebody who has left the institutional church, you're wrong, you need to, you know, go back and blah, 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 blah. Um, that's not that's not what I'm saying. Um, but what I'm saying is that like, you know, there there are the, the spirit of God is still is still there is still in some of those is still in some mm-hmm. of those places. And I just um you know, I think of like the the story of God breathing on the dry bones. Yeah. And making an army and building an army out of out of draw out of dry bones. And so, um, you know, I realize that it's not everybody's it's on everybody's desire. It's not everybody's experience. There's some people that, um, that your experience is your experience. And sometimes you're not able to see past your own experience because those things were, were so, were so deep, um, for you. Um, and that's, and that's so, and that's okay. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of here and just kind of sticking around, um, because I see, because because i i see the potential for something and you know and it's like you know i don't know i don't know what will happen you know i don't know you know maybe maybe i'll waste you know i'm i'm 38 now maybe you know i'll waste the next you know 30 or 40 um years of my life in this place maybe i'll waste and maybe you'll waste the next 10 or 20 years of my life and then decide maybe i'll waste the next 5 years yeah. and you're like oh no i shouldn't have, and maybe and maybe it'll and maybe it'll be a waste and maybe at some point i'm like oh i'm wasting my life i'm wasting my time i don't need to be part of this um but but that's but that's where that's where i feel um that I'm at, you know, now. That's where that's where I'm at now. Yeah. And what I'm and what I'm hoping to see and what I'm hoping to build and to, and to change and to, and to break down and to reform.
1: Yeah. So this kind of relates to something that I found in your book. Again, the book is I won't shut up, finding your voice when the world tries to silence you. Uh, you had a quote in there, uh, something that said that you stayed Christian, and I think I'm paraphrasing here. You stayed Christian because you don't blame. Jesus for white people's behaviors. Um, and I found that, I I guess that, that quote stood out to me because I think it was a theme that I, I found a real, uh, at least from my perspective, it felt like a, you really had a, a, a wisdom and nuance in the book, um, that I I see here kind of in this conversation, or I guess here in this conversation, um, Are you willing to kind of talk more about that quote and, um, you know, how that's informed your decision-making, I guess, so to speak?
2: Yeah, you know, so you know, as a black American, um, a common objection that people raise, people, it, it doesn't matter what race they are, but something, a, a common obj- objection that people say raises, well, wait a minute, you know, you're, you're black American, your ancestors were enslaved. Why on earth would you participate in the religion that enslaved your, your ancestors? And, um, you know i've done study on this in in this area i've i've studied um i've studied the religion of enslaved people mm-hmm. and, and the things um that they did and the, and the reasons why um why they worshiped and there's there's an aspect of that argument there's an aspect of that argument that kind of rubs me a little bit because i feel like that it treats enslaved people like they didn't have a mind of their own. Hmm. And so like, they like, like, and people will say things like, Oh, well, you know, the religion was beat into them and blah, 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 blah. But like that, so there's, there's, you know, there's, there's texts and there's, there's like subtexts and stuff there where it's like, you know, people, people had their own religions Christianity, typically where um, people were stolen from in Africa, um, Christianity had not necessarily proliferated there a lot outside of some of the colonization. Um, there were some people, there, there are people, were people on the continent of Africa who were Christians, um, and Christianity was spread across the continent of Africa. But, but you know, sometimes people get into like, oh, people were, well, they were Christians before. The, they were in that, and that's a little little bit disingenuous Mm -hmm. christians christians existed among a a pantheon of Mm -hmm. religions on the continent of africa and so the people who were who were enslaved and who were stolen from the from the continent um you know some of them like yes they were you know they they were required to practice christianity in a way but then those those same enslaved people who you know yes the 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 people you know handed them a slave Bible and tried to teach them all this stuff and right. you know, sometimes they had to att- attend church and stuff you know with the with the master or whatever a lot of people a lot of enslaved people most of them even probably like rejected that hmm. they re they rejected the religion. Of their slave masters. And there and there are some black people who were like, they were just outright like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with yeah. anything Christian because like I don't like know. Like I, I like like that's like like they're using that, they're using that to justify enslaving us. Like, yeah, I'll show up at the thing, but I'm not like I'm not getting involved. Yeah. But there were some who even though their the, the 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 enslavers behavior indicated one thing they had a knowledge and an experience with the divine that they that they took hmm. not the not the slave owning slave justifying that type of thing they they didn't take that right but they took the stories of Moses in the Exodus they took all these different you know Daniel in the lions den um Ezekiel with the with the dry bones they they took these stories they took these narratives they took they took these ideas they took you know, they took Jesus Mm-hmm. And they took these things into their own secret places, and they worshipped in their own secret places, and they integrated aspects of their cultural religion of things of cultural of, of, of cult things that that they brought with them, but also cultural memory was integrated, and they created this. Re- so, so, so it's like you know, yes, on the on the surface, maybe you know, yes, we we believe in we believe in Jesus the the white people believe in jesus mm-hmm. we the, the bible is the source of our faith and the source is the bible of the white people's faith right. but my faith as a as a black american my my jesus isn't white straight american jesus yeah. like it's just it's just it's not and yeah. it's one of those things that that yes some of it is is the difference between between dawn and between you know a a a dusk and and night mm-hmm. but there is it it's not it's not necessarily night and day some of it is night and day yeah. but it might be the difference you know between between you know twilight dusk sure. and, and midnight sure. but there but there are sh- there, there are shades there are things that's kind of it's like using the same language it's like using the same words but mean but those words ha- carrying a completely different meaning and conveying a completely different meaning so for me the jesus that i worship is a is a dark as a brown-skinned man is dark-skinned man who was executed mm-hmm. by the state um, for crimes that he didn't that he didn't commit who was who was lynched yeah. and held up for every for the to may be made a spectacle of the world that is that is the person that that is that is the jesus that i identify with i don't identify with the jesus of of empire of of always having to be on top, of always having to to wield power and have power. I I identify with the God who Saw the the people who were down and out, who saw the people who were in, who were on the margins, and brought them from a, from a mighty long way. I worship the God that was with the Hebrew people in Exodus and was bringing them out from their oppressor. That is that's so 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 again, you know, white people. Yes, they read they also have Exodus in their Bible <laughs> and they read the Exodus, but it's but it's like unless you like have the experience you don't you don't see how and, and unless you have both experiences, you don't really see like how different they are and I understand you know there's black people that raise objections and a lot of times you know black people's objections are those are you know the the well but they enslaved us whatever we don't and, and i and I get that mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna and I'm not gonna yuck other people's yum sometimes it's also because unfortunately even though um and and I think we could say this also you know using the Exodus again the the Hebrews got out of Egypt the Israelites got of got out of Egypt but Egypt didn't always get out of them yeah and so they you know they want they wandered in the desert mm-hmm. um for for multiple generations until somebody was finally able to until they were finally able to, to to see the promised land and so for some of us as black Americans you know we we left the plantation we we were able to leave the plantation, but the plantation didn't leave us. Yeah, And those, and the plantation and different things got handed down. And so, you know, it morphs into um, different kind of, um, you know, things that that oppress people within our community. It morphs into some, some things that can kind of be ugly that then kind of, that, that, that then does maybe look like the white man's religion a little bit and, and oppresses different people. So you, know, I don't want to let, you know, black religion off scot-free because there's a lot of, mm-hmm. there are a lot of black people who have a lot of value critique of the black church tradition and i have a lot of critique of the black of of the black church tradition but then you know to the point of them them making in the book that it's like i have remained christian because i have found in christianity spiritual resources that have helped me to be an advocate for justice to be a person that stands up what is right now i am not like you know it's not. I don't want to sound like. Well, you know, I'm only a good person because I read the Bible and blah 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 blah. That is not what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm saying that that for me, I I found spiritual resources. I found things in the in the tradition the, in the traditions of the church, in the scripture, in different things that em, that empower that empower me. And you know, other people might find it other places, but for me, it's like. I, the I have found these things and these things are what are what um fuel my my practice of justice and so it's like I don't I don't want to seed something I'm not going to seed something that uh gave my ancestors that that my ancestors are out here you know fighting oppression they're living through Jim Crow they're living through all these they're living through enslavement they're living through all these different things I am not going to throw something that helped them get over over away just because some white people show their behinds like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that and so you know racism homophobia all that type of stuff that's white jesus nonsense and that's not and, and so i'm like no i i'm gonna i'm gonna identify in and with the spiritual practices with the ideas with the things that resonate the most um, with the, the Christ that I, that I see who's on the side of the marginalized, who is on the side of people who are being oppressed, who looks, uh, who, who lifts the lowly people and sends the proud hearted away empty handed. And so that's, that's where I'm at.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, we should probably leave it there just for sake of time. Uh, the book is again, I won't shut up. Finding Your Voice When the World Tries to Silence You, I assume available where all books are sold, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much. And if you and if it ain't there, you can order it. Yeah. So, Well, let's
1: take a quick break and come back with some closing questions. All right, we're back with Henny. Henney. Uh, thanks so much for your time and uh, for your perspectives here. So let me leave you with some closing questions here. I always tell folks you can take these as seriously or not as you'd like to. Um, but if you're pope for a day, what might that day look f- like for you? What would you like to accomplish?
2: Oh my goodness! So like, if I was like the pope, like like the pope pope, okay, sure. So like, if I was if I if I was the pope pope, um, I would be like, okay, all these all these like people, all these pedophiles and stuff, mm-hmm. like in the Catholic Church, like y'all you y'all gotta go, yeah, like um y'all y'all gotta go, um, not not you know quick fast and in a hurry, like you're you're done where's where's the list you're you you done you out and so that's probably the first thing um that i would do um the next thing that i would do is be like oh hey you know queer people like whatever y- y'all y'all okay here mm-hmm. like trans people like y'all y'all good like y'all can like y'all can come in here y'all can take communion um i would also be like yeah women like mm-hmm. or whoever whatever your gender expression is like yeah you can you can be like priests like we don't we don't care up in here um let's see what else what else would i do um i just this is like my, my theology nerd self i would also be like yeah let's reunite eastern orthodox there you and go the catholic yeah. church um let's let's do that let's okay you know what y'all was right about the filioque clause like the <laughs> the holy spirit proceeds from the father and not the father and the son you know double procession we don't we don't have to have that okay we we come we come back back together um, because double procession subordinates the holy spirit to the son and that's not how that's supposed to work but anyway Look at um, you dropping so- some there you go i love that <laughs> yeah that's just putting putting that putting that MDiv yeah. to use here um let's see i would also be like um i would also be like okay we're going to like use all this money that we have or if we don't like or that we think that we maybe we have and we're going to start like um, You know, feeding poor people and hungry people and like, you know, making some differences in some of these places. And then like, you know, we're going to shame people and not like shame them like, you know, like real shame, but we're going to like shame billionaires be like, shame, mm-hmm. shame on you. Give your wealth, mm-hmm. like whatever. And I like, I'm not really sure, like, what all the Pope does, but like, I'm like, I'm straight up like, okay, billionaires, like, give your, yeah. give your money. Yeah. Like, you don't, you won capitalism. Good for, good for you. And like, pain and like re- and like shame on y'all for, for climate change. Like I don't know, I'm not sure what, what the Pope does. So I'm just like I would try to change as much stuff as I could to make the world as good for like as many people as I could and then I would probably just like blow the thing up and be like, Okay, yeah, no more popes. Okay, cool. I'm done. Well they might and feel then,
1: that way after you're done. So I mean And maybe they maybe, might, they, maybe yeah. they
2: would like but but I vowed the pope. Yeah. <laughs> so what 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 are they gonna do about it? Probably nothing.
1: Right. Um, a theologian or historical Christian figure you'd want to meet or bring back to life.
2: I don't know. I don't want. I don't know if I want to bring any of them people back to life. Like, I don't know if I'm trying. Let me let me think. I mean, because like like so like the good people who's dead like. The the one the ones you know who was really walking with Jesus, I mean they in heaven. So like why why am I gonna? Why it's like it's like Samuel. Like whenever Samuel whatever right. you know Saul was all like story. and then yeah. and then Samuel like like with the witch of yeah. Endor and then yeah. Samuel comes up and is like, why were you bothering me? I right. was just fine where I was at. So I so I feel like the, that the people who like were good like they are in like the right place. Now there's maybe some of these like enslaving um, theologians and that type of stuff who like I would probably like resurrect them just so somebody could like run up on them and be like or just be like oh look your worst fears have happened like I like I don't know I like I probably wouldn't I probably like God wouldn't want me to be probably be petty I mean God probably did not care that I'd be petty but I but I, I can't think of anybody like right now who I would be like Yes, on site. I feel like that. I have. feel like I have somebody in seminary that was like, "Oh yeah, if I meet this dude, it's on site." Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have. I don't feel like I have anybody right now that it's on site with. But a lot of the people, like I would just, I would just leave them like where they're where they're at and hope that they're like in the bad place and not in the good place.
1: <laughs> what do you think history will remember from our current time and place?
2: Ooh, child. Um. Mm, you know, I'll, I'll I'll flip that question. Sure. So I think that there's that there's a lot of. Dookie, that they are gonna, that there's a lot of like terrible crap that they, that they're gonna remember. Um, I hope that what they remember. Besides like all the all of the dookie is I hope that history doesn't forget the the good people that stood up against and spoke out mm. against all the all this stuff and that and that our history doesn't become like this spectacle of yeah there was all this there's all this weird unprecedented stuff that happened but that people were like yeah you know what? there actually were people who were trying to make the world actively trying to make the world a better place and not garbage for everybody.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I have to add this, at least for, I'll say this for myself here and for listeners not quite with it as me. Uh, I I had to look this up, Allie, when you said this. On-site means that when you have beef with somebody, you automatically fight them. So I'm not as as hip as you, so I had to look up what you meant when you said on-site.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's bit what like somebody somebody who I who like I would fight, um, who would ca- who would catch these hands, who I would who I would fight, um, and I, there's not anybody that I can. Th- I mean, there there's some people that probably deserve it, but there's not. Mm-hmm. But there's not anybody. You know what? And people are gonna get mad that I'm gonna say this, but actually, it's gonna be it, it would it would be. It, it, I won't say it won't be on site with Paul, but I'm gonna be like, okay, hey, Paul,
1: hmm.
2: Paul, mm-hmm. like like first of all, bruh you needed to learn how to use paragraphs and commas and to separate your thoughts out <laughs> a lot better because a lot of people d- d- like did you intend this mm-hmm. like like did you like like here here is where people here is what people did with your words mm-hmm. and so was that what did, are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. And if you're okay with that, okay, then then uh, all right. like we 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 got a box. But what I feel like because I had a professor in seminary who uh, really redeemed the book of Romans and Paul for me mm. um in a lot of ways, that was like, oh, okay, because I, I think that that Paul gets grossly misinterpreted. And so i but i but I want to get since, you know, I am not like a Greek historian. I'm not yeah. a Greek scholar. I want to give Paul a chance. To I want to give Paul a chance to speak for himself and to be like, this is what I meant. And then like if he was being garbage, then okay, we're gonna fight. Um, but I don't think he was being garbage, but I'd be like, okay, let me write this down and be like, see, look, y'all were y'all were wrong.
1: All right. All and right. So, yeah. That's good. Um, hope for the, what's your hope for the future of Christianity?
2: Um, I hope that Christianity becomes thoroughly divested of power and of, um, being the people that have to be on top and have to be the whatever. And I really hope that, um, we return not in like this, you know the way that people are always like, oh yeah, we're gonna return to the ancient ways. Yeah. we're gonna we're gonna return to the ancient paths and do and do church just like they did in the Book of Acts. Like that's not like no, right. not that right. bull. But like, I, I I hope that I hope that and people are gonna get mad. People might get mad about this. People might love this. But I hope that we come so thoroughly to the end of ourselves and that everything that is not. God is laid bare and is laid out there for everybody, for everybody to see. And for the people who are doing the most harm and who are doing the most harm in God's name, that, the, that those people um, no longer no longer have a place and that, um, and that they, are, they are sent away, like, again, the proud-hearted, the, the rich, yeah. whatever, that they, that they are sent away hungry. So the rest of us, um, and, it, and I'm not saying that, like, you know, the, the rest of us perfect people who aren't sinners and never mess up. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying, like, the people who are actively out here doing doo doo, not like, hey, you know, I messed up because I'm a person. Um, I hope that that those people just kind of decide that they don't that that whatever happens happens and they kind of decide that they don't want to identify with Jesus anymore and that the people who um really are trying to be Jesus in the world um do it and are doing it without the power, without the empire, without all this other type of stuff, and that we're and that we're there um because because of that.
1: All right. Um share with our listeners where folks can connect with you or find out more about you.
2: Yeah, so um I'm on Facebook. Um it just is just my name. Mm-hmm. You can find my name, it's a public page. Um, I'm on TikTok. Sometimes I look at TikTok more than I post videos right now, but I post videos on TikTok. Um, I, have, I have a blog called The Armchair Commentary that I don't, that I haven't posted to in a long time, but I always pump it up because one of these days, you know, I might post right. something out there, and you know, I don't want y'all to miss it. I also have a Substack that doesn't really have anything on it, but again, it's just asalliehenny.substack.com or whatever. Um, again, you know, I haven't, I've not posted uh, to that recently, but again, I might so I don't want y'all to miss it. I'm um, also on Patreon. Um I'm on Instagram. Um I'm on Threads. Yeah, I was going to ask Threads. Yeah, Good. yep, I'm I'm on I'm on Threads. If you black, I'm on Spill. Um I'm also on Twitter and we're gonna keep just calling it Twitter like it ain't whatever whatever that dude is trying to call it. It ain't that. Yeah. Um but I'm, I'm but I mean that that's going down the toilet. So I mean I I have an account there. I occasionally get on there to see like what's happening Mm -hmm. but i'm not really like on there um anymore but yeah so that's so that's where you can catch me and then of course you can buy my book um wherever books are sold and if it ain't there then if it ain't where are you trying to buy it then ask them to buy it for you so it can be there
1: awesome awesome well i appreciate your time uh always leave folks with a word
0: of peace so may god's peace be with you
2: and also with you
0: Thanks for joining us on the future Christian podcast to learn more about Lauren or the podcast visit future-christian.com. One more thing before you go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're feeling especially generous, leave a review. It really helps us get the word out to more people about the podcast. The future Christian podcast is a production of torn curtain arts and resonate media. Our episodes were mixed by Danny Burton and the production support is provided by Paul RomagLevitt. Thanks and go in peace.